Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome you to worship here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We're glad you're here. I want to ask you, if you're visiting with us, you're a guest with us today on the uh, outside of your bulletin is a perforated tab. I want to ask you to tear that off and write your information on there so that we can get in touch with you and uh, let you know about us, and we'd love to get to know you. Also, on the back of that are prayer requests. If you have a prayer request you would like to share with the church staff or with the church as a whole, please, anybody, feel free to do that. We want to join together in prayer. Also in front of you is a pink or purple card that looks similar to this tab when you pull it off, but those are our care slips. And I would also say if you want to, if there's not one of those near you and you want to use this perforated tab as a care slip, do that. We just want to be able to get our care ministry names of those who need to be prayed for, cared for, cards sent, calls made, um, those kind of things. So please get those in. If you'll notice in your bulletin is a new way to share with our care ministry. That is a new email address that is care at boilingspringsbaptist.org. And the idea behind that was in case you were out in the community or at work or wherever the case may be and you didn't have one of these slips and a name or situation came to your mind and you wanted to be able to send that to the care ministry, you can. So right there is your opportunity to do that. So please take advantage of that and use that. As you heard last week, that has been a big part of being able to continue outreach and inreach and keeping up with folks and just sharing the love of Jesus through our care ministry. So please uh, take the opportunity to do that. In your bulletin, you'll see where tonight we will have our uh, spiritual growth session in the Lighthouse Room. We continue to look at the book Revise Us, so we invite you to, uh, to that. I know on the back of your bulletin in the listing of activities for the week, there is a uh, correction that needs to be made. There is no church planning team meeting today. That was last week, so just o omit that. Just mark that out. Um, if you'll look for next Sunday, it's important that you know that next Sunday we will have a special um, spiritual growth session at 5 o'clock. Joey Hamrick, who was here one Sunday morning uh, several months back, is going to be coming and doing an evangelism training. So if you've been wanting to, to learn more about how to share your faith, how to start conversations about Jesus, would invite you to come next Sunday night at 5 o'clock and um, participate with Joe. It's going to be a participatory thing. It's not going to be something that he's going to just teach about. It's something that we're going to share and do together. So I um, want you to come and do that. And then following that is a very important time in the life of our church. And I'm going to touch on that just briefly in our committee trainings. Um, if you wonder how churches get done, well, this church particularly and most Baptist churches, how they get the work of the church done it's through committees, uh, and committees are a large part of how we do ministry here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church, and we have 33 of them, 33 committees and a lot of people that are needed to make sure that the ministry of this church is carried out. So next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, which will be following our evangelism training, that is our committee training time. And so if you're serving on a committee, we invite everybody to come and be a part of that. It's a really important piece that we get started the new year really strong with having a, a large number in attendance. would hope to have everybody who serves on a committee there. And I know some of you serve on multiple committees. And
and that's going to be kind of tricky for you. So if you're wondering how that's going to work, my suggestion is going to be come at, come at 6. There's going to be a little intro piece. We're going to share and talk a little bit about the vision of, of what we're doing as Bowen Springs Baptist Church. But then we'll divide up and split up into our committees. And I would just uh, recommend for those of you who serve on two or three committees to just divide your time out equally so that you get involved in all three of the beginnings of our committee meetings. So that is a, a really important piece of what we do as a church. So again, I want to say welcome. And let's continue to worship together this morning. Good morning. This morning we're going to be singing a lot about the cross, beginning with a rather new hymn, but you'll need the bulletin because the words are in there. It's called Lead Me to the Cross. So take your bulletin and let's stand as we sing together, please.
at the cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Lead me to the cross. Lead me to the cross. Last time. Lead me to the cross. Amen. Please be seated come on down this morning. And while they're coming, I um, do want to let you know that next Sunday morning during morning worship, our men will be leading in worship. It's be men's Sunday, and we'll be hearing from uh, several guys some things that God's doing in their life. We're going to be um, using the theme of 1 Corinthians 2, 5, not men's wisdom, but God's power. Good morning. How are we? I brought a little something. What are these? Hershey Kisses. Y'all like Hershey Kisses? Kind of. Well, I tell you, I really, and this isn't, I was hoping some of the ones that I really liked were left, but they're not. Somebody ate them. No one person I'm going to name is sitting down front, Avery. Um... (laughs) But I, I got a pack of uh, Hershey Kisses that had a new, I don't even know what you called them, but they were like really soft in the middle. I, I mean like just chewy, soft. Oh man, it was so good. I mean you just like bit into it and it just melted. I mean it was, it was awesome. Um, and I, I should have gotten the name of them because if without them I don't even know what to buy. Uh, how many of you, when you find something new, maybe like a new kiss or a new cookie or something like that, you want to share it with somebody? You want to tell somebody, don't you? Yeah, you get excited about it. I mean, it means something. You're sitting at the lunch table, and you get these new Hershey kisses, and you get them out, and do you want to just keep them to yourself? Yeah, kind of, maybe. <laughs> but you, you really want to get excited about it and tell people about it. Well, I tell you, in John, uh, the book of John, we, we find where Jesus has an experience with some guys, mainly two guys, Philip and Nathaniel. And after they have an experience with Jesus, you know what they do? They get so excited about who Jesus is that they go and tell their friends. Um, and they even, they even tell them, look, I can't tell you enough about it. You just got to come and see for yourself. Wow. You know, and I think that's what, I think that's what Jesus wants for us. 
is he wants us to be so excited about him and what he's doing in our lives that we invite other people to do the same thing. And one of the ways that we do that is we invite them here. This is just one of the ways. But we invite them here. Why would we invite people to come here? What happens here? Hopefully. What happens here? What do we do every Sunday? You don't know? Why did you come today? Because we had donuts? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we come here because we come here to experience Jesus. Now, this isn't the only place that we experience Jesus at. But that's one of the things that we do here. We focus on Him. And we worship Him. We sing songs about Him. We talk about Him. It's all about Him. I think this place more than any other place should be the place where people can come and experience Jesus. So with that being said, we should get excited and invite people here. Right? Yeah. Just like I want you to experience this great Hershey kiss, I want people to come here and experience Jesus' grace and love and forgiveness. Because that's what he offers. That's what he gives. So, what are you excited about? And I hope it's about Jesus. Because he is great. And he's done a wonderful thing in my life. And I invite you to continue to see what he can do in your life by allowing him to work in your life and giving your life to him. Um, I know that's what he wants, is to have your life and to have you be excited about Him. Let's pray. Father, my prayer for all of us, and especially these kids, is that we get excited about You. And God, we want to tell people about You, and we want people to experience You. And my prayer for Bowling Springs Baptist Church is that we allow You to do that here. Bring Your presence here in a mighty way so that people can know about your love and grace and forgiveness. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
be seated. Let's bow together. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lord, to be washed in the blood, we have to go through the narrow portals of repentance. We must be aware of our sin. We must be aware of its gravity. We must be aware of your holiness and greatness. We must be aware that there is a great need in us to be more obedient, to be closer to you, to let go of some things, to start some things, to begin anew. We need to repent. Every one of us, including the one speaking, we need to be a repenting people. We need to be aware of our shortcomings, not to condemn us, Lord, but to save us for a better life. Help us to know the importance of repentance, of a broken spirit. Your word says a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. That is the only way to get close to you, to be broken, to have our pride broken, to have our sense of self-sufficiency broken. Help us to be a repenting people so we can draw ever closer to you. Be in the worship service today as we share about this. Be saying to be asked in thy name. Amen. You can search, you can buy, you can try everything man-made, but it cannot satisfy. It's Christ and only Christ who gives life more abundant and he calls from Calvary. Take your hymnals, please, and turn to number 324 as we sing, Have You Been to Calvary? 324. This is our offertory hymn. Let's stand, please, as we sing.
Let's pray together. Father God, as we come to the time in our service where we give, Father, we acknowledge that everything we have comes from you. And we are so thankful, Father, in knowing that you've given us salvation through Jesus, but you have blessed us with many possessions, money, gifts. And Father, it's at this time that we give to you, and I pray, Lord, that we recognize that we give this to you. We're not giving this to any person, but God, this is yours, and we're giving to you. But I also pray, Lord, that you would guide us as a church to use what you give us to do what you call us to do as a church. So may we do that. But God, I pray that this offering you would accept. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.
pastor selected two bits of scripture from the book of Matthew, starting in chapter 3. If you don't read along in your pew Bible, it's page 836. My memory serves me correctly. Dr. Gene and Billy gave those Bibles to the church many years ago. And notice they don't put their names in the front of them. They didn't put their names in the front of them. They put in memory of our good old pastor, T. Max Lennon's. If, if I'm right, and I think I am, I'm eternally grateful for them for doing that. Okay, I'm using the New International Version. If you've got the Pew Bible, it's the Revised Standard Version, but they're pretty close together. So the first one is the first verse in Matthew 3. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Very close by in chapter 4, beginning with the 12th verse. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. You know, that's one of the, two of the 12 tribes of Israel, and I didn't know how to pronounce Naphtali, to get it right, Naphtali? Naphtali, so I looked it up. I think I'd always thought it was Naphtali or something. It's Naphtali. By the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near.
what I'm going to be sharing this morning is so crucial to a close walk with God, to a walk with God that grows deeper and stronger through the years. So give me your attention just for a brief while here this morning because it's so critical as we think about the subject of repentance that crops all up all over the Bible. Stories told of a little 12-year-old girl who had just accepted Christ. She uh, found the Lord and it seemed to be very genuine and real. And so genuine and real was it that a couple of months after her baptism, her Sunday school teacher asked her to address the other girls in her Sunday school class about what it meant for her to be a Christian now. How was life different now that she had accepted Christ? So the teacher opened it up for questions for the rest of the class to ask her. And one of her little friends, about 12, asked her, Well, Sally, what is repentance? What is repentance? Well, the little girl thought for a moment. She said, well, before I accepted the Lord, I didn't really think about my sin. I never really even thought about it. Uh, I didn't think about pleasing Christ. And I thought of myself as a pretty good person, better than most. But now that I have found him as my personal Lord and Savior, now I know my sin. When I do wrong, I know it. And each day I ask God to help me. I repent of that sin. And I want to walk a better walk. And I want to please Christ. I picked these two scriptures for Richard to read this morning because do you realize that at the very beginning of the public ministry of John and at the very beginning of the public ministry of Jesus, they both said the same thing. I think the first words to come when a ministry begins are pretty important. And what did they both say that we read this morning in the scripture? It was a call for people to repent. All of John's preaching was one basic demand, the demand to repent. Come into the Jordan River and be baptized and repent. Jesus said the same thing, but it was a little different. He said, repent ye and believe in the gospel. He was giving them a little hope. You see, there's a big difference here. John said, repent, but at that point, they didn't quite understand kind of who to repent to and had they been forgiven. And could God's grace cover their sin? And then Jesus came and said, repent and believe in the good news, that there's grace, there's forgiveness for sin, and to be able to walk in newness of life because you have repented. There was a chance for new power and new hope. If you tell someone just to repent and there's not a source of forgiveness for that repentance and that sin, then you put a dart through their heart. I repent, and I, where, what do I do with it? Where did it go? Does it make a difference? For the Christian, you repent of that sin, and you discover a, God's forgiveness and his call to a higher life, and you rediscover the joy of your salvation. And the more you repent, my friends, the closer you get to God. I believe that. Because 
both Jesus and John preached repentance. Listen, their ministry was not an easy one. People don't want to hear that. I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good girl. I don't have that much to repent of. Their ministry was not an easy one. It wasn't a popular one. It wasn't a cheerful one. Jesus could have gone around and said, I approve of all your doings. I confirm all your proceedings. I endorse all your policies. The gospel of comfort. You are altogether right. You have the comfort of God. The kiss and seal of the Holy Spirit will be upon you. And sometimes, my friends, you hear the ministry of some preachers where it's all about God loves you, he cares for you, you're doing well, you're doing great, there's no challenge, there's no sense that God wants to call you to a higher life, a better life. He loves us, but he wants us to take seriously his commands, and when we get off the rails, he wants us to realize it so we can ask him to forgive us and we can get back on right track. Jesus and John both preached repentance. My friends, repentance is not just a church term. It's not just a Bible word. People need to repent of a lot of things, not just to God, but to people and to be a kind of individual and uh, person that, that sees you're wrong and sees that things are not going the way they ought to and, and are not as close to God or as they need to be and get right back on track. That is the glue. A repentant spirit is a glue that holds mankind together. Repent means to change your mind. Repent means to examine your purposes. Repent means to turn around, return, repent. You're wrong. Change your mind. Alter your standpoint. In the biblical sense, you return to God and denounce that which is ungodly in your life. It could be an attitude. It could be an action. It could be something that you ought to do that you're not doing. It ought to be something in your life that you know is unpleasing to God that you look at that. You examine it. You take it to God knowing his grace is sufficient. You notice that Jesus and John, when they said repent, they didn't spend any time trying to explain to everybody what they meant by that. They knew that people would understand what repentance is because it's such a key term. It's such a key experience in the Christian life that we have to be a repenting, humble people. The, the word repent means turn, a turning away from sin and evil, a turning to God. This is not just in the New Testament, not just Jesus and John talked about this. Ezekiel 33, 11, Jeremiah 33, 18, Hosea 14, 1 and 2. And I could talk to many other scriptures that talk about repentance. Repentance is that sinner that is sorry for his sin, puts it away and out of his life and fully resolves by the help of the Holy Spirit to walk in newness of life. Repentance is not a once and for all things. Well, I was 12 years old and it looked like to me the preacher was preaching right to me and I repented and I walked down the aisle and got baptized and that's the last time I did that. <laughs> that won't do, my friend. Repentance is not a once and for all thing. Repentance is a state of heart. Repentance is a state of mind. 
when you realize the holiness of God and you realize you're not there and there are things that you need to take to him. It's a daily awareness of your sin and God's holiness. It's an awareness and a desire to please him. Opportunities for repentance last as long as life is. As long as life remains and there's breath in your body, there remains the possibility of repentance. People say, do you believe on deathbed confessions? Yes, I do. I've known a few. But what a wasted life. You're not saved for heaven. You're saved for life. You want your life to count for God. Repent. Repentance implies a radical change of mind. It looks to the past in honesty and remorse and with the help of the Holy Spirit looks to the future with new resolve. And the Bible tells us that when we repent of our sins, when we take it to God, the Bible says it's not only forgiven, it's forgotten. What does the scripture say? As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove that thing from you. You know what the Jewish teachers taught about repentance? If all of Israel could repent perfectly for one day, the Messiah would come. <laughs> and it was only the hardness of the hearts of the men who delayed the sending of God's Redeemer into the world. As God's people repent, God's spirit, power, and kingdom are set free. Even in the Old Testament, you hear the rabbis chanting things like this. Great is repentance, for it brings healing on all the world. Great is repentance, for it reaches to the throne of glory. The great thing about repentance, when you ask, when your heart's broken, you know you've done wrong, you know you've thought wrong, your attitude's been wrong, or your actions been wrong, your habits are wrong, whatever it is. The great thing about repentance is God comes more than halfway to meet you. You just get started a little bit. He'll take it the rest of the way. And what John said, oh, listen, John's good. He said, he said to his hearers, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Repentance, real repentance of some sin or, or attitude or action or whatever. Real repentance is seen in a real change of life. True repentance for sin is seen in works. A lot of times people say, well, I repented of my sin, but they keep hanging on to it. Well, Lord, I'm sorry, but they keep hanging on to it. Lord, I'm not going to do that anymore, but they do. They keep hanging on to it. Then they wonder why there's no joy there, because they're hanging on to it. They're talking about they repented. They're talking words, but their actions say something else. Let me tell you something, my friend. If a man has an unclean thing in his hand, he can wash it with all the soap and water, but if he hangs on to that unclean thing, his hand is still going to be unclean. What does he have to be to be clean? Throw it away. Then a little soap and water do. Throw it away. Don't play with it. Don't rationalize it. Don't say, yeah, I'm, I, I, I repent, Lord, but keep doing it. I repent, Lord, keep thinking it. I repent, Lord, but they keep doing it. That's not repentance. 
Real repentance is not just saying that I repent of this wrong, uh, whatever it might be. It is not only saying the words, it's doing the deed. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I went to church, I repented. Sometimes I even walked down the aisle with tears and all this kind of thing. I'll tell you what, where it's going to be seen is in your life. Day by day, moment by moment. Make no mistake about it. Your repentance, my repentance, is the sole condition of God's forgiveness and the restoration of his favor. All who come to God and stay close to God must go through the narrow portals of repentance for their sin. Repentance is the gateway to God. It is the way to salvation. It is the way for a continued close walk with God. Repentance is the way that we are reminded of the holiness of God and the greatness of God and our own sin. We see God's goodness and grace as we know he forgives us. Repentance is also preparation. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that hint, my friends? If you don't repent, you won't be ready for it. When it comes, you'll be unprepared. Repent, get ready for the kingdom is at hand. How do you prepare your heart and get fit for God? By repentance. How will you ensure holy living to ensure commitment to kingdom's work? By repentance. How will you ensure joy and peace, deliverance and salvation, and a close, close walk with God through repentance? And what it takes, my friends, is a humble spirit. A humble spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. And the problem in many churches in America today is we're not taking our sin to God. We play light with it. We think that everybody's in this or everybody does that and we're not serious about it. And we're walking around the church with unconfessed sin in our lives. Whatever it might be, it might be an action, it might be a deed, it might be an attitude, it might be a mission, it might be anything. It may be something big, it may be something little. But we know we have not taken it to God. We have not done it. And how we ensure joy and peace and deliverance and salvation in our hearts is repent. We let go of it. We turn loose of it. This is how our hearts get right with God. That's how we stay close to him. Now, there are steps to repentance. The first requirement is, number one, confession. We just need to say it. And when we say it, we are specific. Well, Lord, I sinned today, and I'm sorry. Next night, I'm going to go to bed now. Lord, I sinned today, I'm sorry. Well, how exactly did you do that? specifically you take it to God you bring it up to him you confess it specifically and then you ask him to forgive you and he will brother you ask him to give you new resolve in the Holy Spirit not to do that again not to have that attitude again or whatever it might be that's how you get close to God repentance is a gift from God 
It is not a creed. It is not a ritual. It is not an activity. It is a confrontation with your spirit and God's spirit. Repentance is a gift from God. And we have to have that broken, contrite heart. We have to have a, a warm heart to be able to know when we sin and, and have a sensitive soul. So when we're out of sorts with God's Spirit in our lives, we know it immediately and we want to rectify it immediately. Listen, this is a great story that illustrates this. There was a woman in the church. Everybody knew in the church that she was kind of a self-righteous soul. She would come to church and kind of sit there and kind of look around as if she was so much better than everybody else and then would talk about people that had struggles in their lives that she didn't have any. And she was kind of known as kind of that hard person that kind of looked down on folks and kind of self-righteous. And one morning in the service... There was a young girl just sitting over in the pew in front of her, kind of a little to the side. She was a new Christian, and she was trying to take seriously so much the demands of Christ, and she was listening to the message. Maybe it was the song. Maybe it was the message or whatever. But it really touched her heart that she wanted to do better in her life, and and she was quietly just crying, weeping a little bit, that it, it stirred her heart that she wanted to live closer to God. And the hard-hearted woman kind of thought she was making a display. And she went to one of the deacons of the church and said, Listen, I want you to go to that young girl and tell her to quit disturbing our service with such emotion. The deacon looked at her real hard and said, Well, why don't you talk to the young girl yourself? She may be able to help you. You cut emotion out of your walk with God and you've cut the heart out of it. You've got to feel something (laughs) every now and then. And my friends, if there is no repentance, there is no pardon. Stories told of a murderer. He was guilty. He murdered a man. He was sentenced to death. And somehow his brother had some kind of connections with the governor, and he went to the governor, and somehow he got him a pardon. And he stuck the pardon in his coat pocket, and he went to see his brother in jail. And he asked his brother, he said, Brother, what would happen? What would you do? If somehow you received a pardon for this. His brother got angry and he said, I'll tell you what I would do. I would track down the judge and I would track down the chief witness and I'd kill him. The man left the prison with the pardon in his pocket. And there's one that grants pardon. It's Jesus. But only if repentance is there. And the problem, my friends, is there are so many walking around with unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. And I'm not just talking about people outside this church that aren't in church this morning, maybe not even Christians. But I'm talking about people within the church. They haven't taken their, they haven't taken their sin to God. That act 
that action, that deed, that attitude, that failure that we all have. We all have. We're just kidding ourselves if we think otherwise. We haven't taken it to the throne of grace. And we wonder why the joy of salvation isn't there. And we wonder why our faith may become a cold, lifeless thing. And the power of the Spirit is gone from us. It's because we got sin in our hearts, in our lives. And we don't take it to God. You can take all your sin, and I know all my sin, and place it in the loving arms of Christ. Let me tell you something. His arms are big enough. His grace is deep enough. His love is strong enough. Because the more we hold on to that sin and we don't confess it and we don't try to do better, not perfect, but we don't, listen, it's like a bag of rocks. It's like you're carrying a bag of rocks around. And every time you don't confess it, every time you ignore it, every time you pretend it's not there, you just get another bag, uh, uh, another rock in that bag. And it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So, the great challenge that we have is to let it go. He wants us to do it. Why don't we do it? Let it go. That's bad. Father, I may be speaking to a number of people in this church. I know in some ways I'm talking to myself. We're all fellow strugglers. We all have our difficulties, our omissions, our weak points. We all have them. Let's not fool ourselves but we need to take them to you. That's why you died for us. Not that we would hold on to our sin and hold on to, to those things and pretend they're not there. He, you died so that we would take those things to you and find a new way of thinking and a new way of doing and a new power and a new strength, a new determination, a new zeal, a new commitment. My prayers this morning, every person in this church, is there anyone here that know exactly what I'm talking about? Right now. You don't have to tell anybody. You need to tell him. You need to tell the Lord. Just let it go. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. What, what peace, what grace comes when we just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, help me. Help us to do it. There be any here that want to come to this church from another? I transfer a letter to come to profess you as Lord and Savior. I stand ready to receive anybody that comes for our invitation. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is number 307, Just As I Am. 307. Let's stand, please.
Some of these folks are old friends. Bobby and I go way back. I knew him when he had more hair. Uh, <laughs> of course, he knew me when I had more hair, too. But uh, um, we have part of his family. Uh, Bobby is coming by transfer from Crestview. Uh, Cheyenne Fraser. Cheyenne is here. That's uh, his granddaughter is coming by transfer from Crestview. And uh, 
Myra, his daughter, is coming by transfer from Crestview. Mackenzie Grigg, the other granddaughter, is coming, professing Christ as her Lord and Savior and wanting baptism. And John Sesson, who has been with us for some time, uh, is, is coming uh, to accept the Lord as, his Lord, and, uh, Lord as his Savior and to be baptized. And uh, so this is great. Uh, I want to thank the congregation for their love of these people uh, and for especially their love for John that's been through some stuff here of, of late, some loss, and the church has been great to stand by him, and I commend the church for that. So uh, all in favor, uh, do I hear a motion to receive these folks? All in favor, raise, uh, raise your hand. I didn't get a second, but... You seconded. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I know you'll want to come up here and greet these folks. It's always a blessing to see a bunch of folks come up and hug you and tell you that they love you. It's an encouragement. And we'll set up a baptism date for these two later on and let you know of that. Before we close in prayer, I want to let you know something that just skipped my mind before the beginning of the message. Bud Green, Barbara's husband, is in Carolina Medical Center. Right after the service, I'm going down there uh, to be with Barbara. Uh, can't go into a great deal of detail, but it is serious. It's very serious. And uh, I will let her know that the church is praying for her and for him. And uh, just, just keep him in mind uh, and uh, just, just lift him up sometime today. Let's all stand together for the benediction. <clears throat> Father, we're thankful for these that have come. We're thankful, Lord, for your spirit that works in our hearts and souls. We're thankful, Lord, that we can come to you anytime. If there's some place in our lives we know we're wayward, we know we've gotten off track, Lord, you are appealing to us that we take it to you. We say we're sorry. We have a broken and contrite heart. We have a humble spirit. We have a soft heart. And help us to have that kind of spirit. Bless these. May this church be a blessing to each one. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.